coming to you from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios, this is The Right Hash. The Right Hash is brought to you by Slim Sweets and by Speedy Custom Sneakers. Now, spark it up with your hosts, Luke Nadkarni and Alex Thompson. Very pleasant welcome to the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios once again for another episode of The Right Hash. Uh, I believe in Roman numeral count, not counting specials. This is episode 29. Um, I don't know. I'm terrible at math. We started doing this back in August, um, and I think that's the number of uh, regularly scheduled episodes this is. So the big 3-0 coming up, the big 3-0 coming up for me and for you, Alex, as our, we are uh, summer birthdays, I think, or late summer birthdays, early fall birthdays. Um, so... I'm looking forward to my 30th. Uh, yours is a little bit further off, but mine's in a couple weeks. Uh, but anyway, that's not important talking about our age because we are in the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios once again. And uh, we actually did get some feedback on our, our uh, on subjects uh, for, for discussion. And, uh, well, we wanted to address the suggestion we got. We got some some desire for soccer, which I'm, I'm all for because we've got the World Cup coming up. The, the field is just about set. Um, and, but, but the, what is it? The nation's cup happening right now. Yeah. The, the, the UEFA nation's league, I believe is what they call nation's it. League. league. That's right. Yeah. yeah, Nation's league. And it's, it's everyone who's in UEFA basically, um, you know, kind of central Europe, uh, South America. I mean, it seems like basically everywhere except for the North American continent. Um, it's it's been nuts, and there there really hadn't been too much to talk about. I mean, we we did have the United States qualifying; that was big. Um, we saw uh, Ukraine uh, play and just missed the cut. Um, it, but uh, overall, there hasn't been a whole lot. the The pods have been out for a while. All the really good countries are pretty much in already. But what brought this to my attention today? A, Luke reached out a little bit while ago, said a good buddy of ours had been jonesing for some soccer talk. And I, I know he is an English uh, football fan, and they got demolished 4 nothing by Hungary today somehow. Uh, I, I looked down and I looked all over the internet to make sure that wasn't like one of those technological issues where they put the wrong score for the wrong team. But no, um, 4, four nothing, uh Hungary over England. So some soccer talk there and this wasn't like an England is sitting players type thing. They had Bowen Kane and Saka as their starting forwards. Uh, they, they were, they were full send on it. They didn't have their best midfield out there, but England's got like seven or eight guys you can play. So all of them are better than Hungary's. Um, just a, just a wild match. I didn't get to see all of it, but I had it on behind me um, kind of checking in periodically. And just my mind was blown as the game was going on. Um, so there's some soccer talk for us. We'll get some more as, you know, the, the domestic competitions open back up. And of course, with the World Cup coming in the later half of this year. Yeah, so be careful what you wish for. If you want us to talk about it on the right hash, your team might lose. And we might have to talk about your team losing to a team that they're not supposed to lose to. Hor- so. Horrible comedic timing for Rob there. <laughs> but Rob, Rob, we love you. Thanks for listening, man. Rob Jordan, yeah, one, man. Of our, one of my friends from NC State. Um, who's become a friend of yours as well and a friend of the programs. Um, and we're, we're glad we're glad to get the feedback. Uh, so there's a little taste of it, a little pregame show, if you will. Uh, we'll definitely be talking some more soccer here on the right hashes. Uh, Liverpool denied both the treble and the quadruple 
by um, both um, Manchester City and by Real Madrid for that they have the finish of that Champions League or not excuse me the finish of the Premier League uh, was was really really crazy with uh, City oh, scoring man. three goals in what seemed like a minute you know seven minutes. yeah seven, seven minutes, minutes. and I mean I'm sitting here just in in shambles as they say across the pond I'm just in tatters just falling apart I I didn't even really care about it until it wasn't mine anymore after uh after Aston Villa had scored that second goal Philippe Coutinho by the way um and, and they pulled it back I was just kind of uh, you know, I, I've watched the the old replays of the ninety three twenty goal from Aguero, where they came back three uh, three goals in about the same amount of time uh, to beat Queens Park Rangers in twenty twelve to win their first Premier League. This felt very similar, obviously not as monumental of a milestone, but you know, with getting as close as we did, lo- losing that way to Real Madrid in the Champions League semifinal, um, and then. You know, just losing the FA, not making it that far in the FA Cup run. I needed that Premier League more than I thought I did. When it it looked like it was getting taken away and you guys are going to win it as well. That 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 flip of emotions, man, it just can't be described. Yeah. So there's a there's our little little pregame show, a little five minutes of football there. Five minutes of soccer as we go into now our first quarter, a lot more than five minutes of American football coming up. Uh, We didn't really talk any NFL last time on the show because there wasn't much to talk about, but we'll kind of reset things in free agency. There's been some uh, development and not all of it positive for the Washington Commanders and the Terry McLaurin uh, kind of saga, if you want. I don't know if saga is the right word for it because I'm confident a deal will get done, but uh, Terry McLaurin not going to attend mini camp this week. Um, We can get into that in a few minutes. I just wanted to kind of mention top free agents that I think are still on the board. OBJ is the obvious uh, number one. Julio Jones is another receiver who's still available that uh, some, I think somebody's going to take a flyer on. Um, Will Fuller is another name that I think is going to be a little bit less expensive, uh, but still could help out the right team. A l- lot of wide receivers uh, on the market. Yeah. I probably, because they're really expensive now. Um, yep. <laughs> and you know, it's probably one of the many variables going into the, the Terry McLaurin situation. Um, but yeah, to, to your point, I, th- there's there's a lot of receiving options out there, and it, it seems like either a receiver has gotten paid insane bucks or not gotten paid at all. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of middle middle room contracts happening this year in this offseason. Um, I, I could be forgetting just about a whole lot of them, but it just seems there's not a lot of mid-range wide receiver contracts. Yeah, and Cooper Cup just signed. He's the latest, uh, the latest one to sign, and um, signed about the same time as Aaron Donald signed with the Rams or re- re- yep. re-signed with the Rams. Um, looking up Cooper contract, Cooper Cup's contract now, and 110 million over the next five years keeps him under contract through 2026, uh, 26.7 per year. Um, still looking on what what's guaranteed out of that, but I mean, it, regardless, I mean that's that's another one of those massive wide receiver deals. And, and if I'm Washington, why would you not not you know, lock down McLaurin now as opposed to later when it's going to get more expensive? Because it's only going to get more expensive. Yeah, and I'm not sure it's a Washington. I'm not sure it's a Washington deal. Um, if they're if they're offering below market value. They're they're stupid on the onset, but 
I, I just don't believe they've been run very stupidly, at least not since Ron Rivera has been there. At least there's been some logic, and I can see what he's doing. I, to, to me, as an outsider, someone who is not a Commanders fan, I do follow them somewhat. You know, basically what you and Armand send in our little group chat or, you know, whatever Rappaport or Schefter is reporting on. But my my biggest thing as an outsider for if I'm Terry McLaurin, why I'm not re-signing outside of the jokes about Washington and this and that. The the biggest reason that I would be hesitant to commit my future to them would be that it seems like they've been unwilling to commit uh, a future quarterback for me. Um, they drafted Sam Howell, but that's I, I, I'm not I'm not counting that. Every quarterback that Terry has played with has either been a rookie or a guy who they had an out on for the next year. Um, and th- there's just not a lot of confidence that I would get if I'm Terry McLaurin that they're going to give me somebody who's going to make me continue to look good. And that's that's what receivers need. They need quarterbacks who can feed them volume, feed them accurate balls so they can get their numbers up and get paid. And I don't think that's going to happen with Carson Wentz. And uh, the, the team doesn't seem like they're too committed to it just because of the nature of Carson Wentz's deal as well. Yeah, and I think Washington has pretty much done all it can do at quarterback this offseason, uh, given the money and everything. I will say this as a fan, though. This is, you know, and this is, speaks to the quality of our quarterback situations through the years. This is probably the best I've felt about a quarterback situation coming into this season in a while, because not only do we know who our starter is going to be, we know who our backups are and what we have there. We have a quarter, a starter in, in, Carson Wentz and we have a backup in Taylor Heineke who's played the system before who, you know, you know what you've got. And then you have a project in Sam Howell. And at the very worst, if things go to shit this year, you throw Sam Howell in there kind of Jason Campbell style and let him take his lumps. Uh, But does that help or hinder the Terry McLaurin situation kind of remains to be seen. Um, I don't know how much playing time Sam Howell is going to get this year. Uh, So if he does see the field this year, that's kind of extra time that he gets to develop with not only McLaurin, but also everyone else on that offense. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, I'm not even talking about a quality of, I mean, somewhat I'm talking about the quality of the quarterback, but does Terry McLaurin know who, know for sure who his quarterback is next year? No, no. Cause no, cause nobody, nobody on Washington doesn't even know Washington's front office doesn't even know. Yep. Exactly. And they haven't known the answer to that question since he's been in Washington. And that, that's a concern at, for me as a receiver who is just one of the most dependent positions on the entire football field. Um, they are so dependent on competency from the quarterback and that chemistry that has to develop. It, it, it's not just going to be there in the first year. You don't get that chemistry in one year um, that, that you need to have that Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams type of, of chemistry. I, I know that that's kind of the example of the best of the best in our league, but that that's that's what you're aiming for. That's what every franchise should be aiming for, and I just don't see that there. So I can see from Terry's side why he's holding out. If they're not going to bring me that top top dollar that I'm asking for, and maybe I'll go somewhere else. It, you know, take take whatever franchise tag or whatever Washington's going to throw on me, whatever options they're going to pick up, and just start. You know. Get, getting my bids from outside already because I know I'm going to have a move to make in the next year. Yeah. And I will say the overwhelming hope 
among Commanders fans is that we pay him. We want to pay oh, this guy. We're for sure. Blank, I mean, any you know, any fan is like blank check for this guy. So it, it yeah. comes down to, does the front office recognize that? Does the front office see him as valuable as our fan base does? He's um, probably and, one of the few guys who league-wide, I would say, people just respect him for what he's done with the quarterbacks that he's had. And I, yeah. I've never heard anyone joke about or call Terry McLaurin trash. Well, and he, in no small yes. part, helped out by the fact that he played his rookie year with his college quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, that, and, you know, Dwayne Haskins obviously no longer around to, you know, to speak on how, what kind of effect that can have on a quarterback, but also a receiver as well. You know, you, you, you hear a lot about re- quarterback development, but you, you don't hear a lot about their receivers, how they develop with other quarterbacks when they go their separate ways in the league. Yeah, and th- those guys just get – I mean, when you're talking about volume, or most running backs are going to get – the good ones are going to get 50 to 75, maybe higher percent of the targets, the touches. A receiver, even your best one, is lucky to get 50% of your volume. So it takes even longer just for those positions to gel with each other. Um, and I, I think that's going to be more of what receivers are looking for as they approach their first contract, I think as they approach their second contracts, like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, they're going to start looking for some some creature comforts. Wherever they go, they want to go to Miami. They want to go to Las Vegas. They, you know, they they want to choose their own adventure at that point once they have all the money to go with it. But for their first major contract, I think these guys are getting a lot more analytics than they have in the past about what a good destination is for them. Yeah, I mean, all that is much more readily available now. Um, yeah. And I think I think players, like, with social media now communicate more with other players. And someone's like, hey, playing in this city is awesome. You should come sign with this team. I feel like that happens a lot more than it did 20 to 30 years ago. Yeah, and they're going to be more willing to, to tell you what the negatives are of a place as well. Those those guys may, may speak, the coach speak up there at the, at the stands, but – in their group text or, you know, private conversations, they are very, very realistic with each other. And yeah, moving over to the other side of the ball, a couple of free agents uh, that I wanted to mention on the, uh, on the, uh, the defensive side of the ball. Um, first one is Justin Houston, who, who's available. Um, and <clears throat> I, I wanted to kind of speak on taking chances on older players. You know, the, the, I feel like the amount of players who are their age 30 plus gets, lower and lower every year in the NFL. Um, Justin Houston is 33. Anthony Barr is the other one I wanted to mention. He's 30. These are two guys who are looking for homes as well. Uh, Washington did a similar thing with London Fletcher. Uh, you know, 15 years ago in 20, 2007, they brought him in. He ended up finishing his career in Washington, having some of the best years of his career. Um, and it was a signing that people were like on the fence about, you know, how, how well is he going to produce for what we're paying him? And yeah, these older players are probably going to be more expensive just because they've been around the block. But Justin Houston's a guy that if he signed on my team, I would be stoked to have him. So is Anthony Barr. Yeah, I would say both of those guys. Uh, if they're if their fit is right, they're they're going to be good. It just depends on what they want to get paid. I think um, it's pro- it's probably the reason they're still available is maybe they want a little bit more money than teams are willing to risk on thirty plus the defenders. Yeah, and the, the the injury risk for for I think for defensive players is a little bit higher because they're the ones initiating the hits most of the time. I have no science to back that up, but to me, to me, the especially linebacker is probably one of the more frequently injured players 
yeah. uh, on the roster. Certainly more so than kicker, punter, or um, you know, like <laughs> something like that. Um, but I mean, have you seen any other cases like this where you know somebody in the twilight of their career kind of has a renaissance, like with a team that picked them up just because they might have filled a need that all the you know twenty nine other teams just didn't have? Uh, yeah, the Charles Woodson signing by the Raiders at the end of his career. Um, I mean, he wasn't like locked down Charles Woodson, but uh, I remember a game. It might have been his last game. I think he picked off Peyton Manning. Of course, that was you know that was the end of Peyton Manning as well. It wasn't like that was <laughs> that wasn't prime Peyton Manning throwing darts in there at that point. That guy had a neck issue and was throwing ducks. Uh, but the, the Charles Woodson one comes to mind. Um, Oh, you put me on the spot on that one. Yeah, so I, yeah I kind of just I kind of turned that around on you after the London Fletcher one, but uh, that uh, was uh, definitely the biggest example for for me with Washington. Another guy available that goes in your group though is Donta Hightower. He's thirty two years old, linebacker, very similar uh, position. The the thing I think with these guys is they're a little bit of a dying breed of linebacker, where they're very that they're the run stop linebackers, and those just aren't in every system anymore. Um, they're very tough-nosed guys who play between the tackles and are are, are probably a minus as far as pass coverage goes. Um, and that's probably why they're here more so than anything else. But if you if you get, uh, you know, they're they're perfect for a team like the Colts, a uh, team like the Texans, really whoever has to play in these run-heavy divisions like the AFC South. That's where these guys sh- really should be looking to go play because they're going to get a lot of playing time. Um, I just don't – I don't even know what they're asking to get paid uh, because Anthony Barr shouldn't be here in June. No, he, he should have been signed already. And another guy, you know, who's similar to what what we want more – you know, what more teams are wanting in linebackers nowadays, more of a – you know, that Buffalo nickel linebacker hybrid is Landon Collins. Washington released him. We're talking about bringing him back, but they haven't done that. He's still on the market too. Yeah, uh, the – the, the free agent market is definitely shriveled up uh, in the last couple of weeks, kind of silently almost, but there is still a lot of impact players out there. I, I count at least 10 or 15 now uh, available that uh, would be no question of mine that they would start pretty much for whatever team they came on to. The Jags can't possibly have anything else to do at free agency, can they? Uh, no, no, I think whatever we have is going to roll over. Um, I mean, the... I haven't heard of any rumors. I think we pretty much, you know, shot our wad of free agency money. Um, Kevin King is someone that I wouldn't uh, be surprised if the Jags eventually looked into just because we're still not deep at corner. Uh, and, you know, he, he's got some good playing years under his belt. Uh, got hurt last season. Um, wasn't a first-year defense, but uh, – that would be maybe the only guy that they're not going offensive line. They've taken all their receivers. They snagged a tight end. They drafted all the linebackers in the draft. Um, I, yeah, I just don't see where we would be adding anybody this year. Yeah, that makes sense. Since what, what they about, did so much, what, what they did in the, uh, in the, in the first stages of the, of the off season. Set, uh, I setting think, that wide receiver market was a lot of fun, you know, yeah. like, like leaving a grenade in a room full of people. Yeah, I, I kind of think Washington is done with with the moves, too. I think the priority becomes getting Terry McLaurin a deal. Uh, and I think a lot of the offseason moves that we made 
letting Eric Flowers go, letting DeAndre Carter go, drafting Jahan Dotson so we can have a cheap wide receiver for the next two or three years uh, instead of having to go find a free agent in the future. Um, you know, all those moves point to a deal getting done. I think a deal is going to get done. Um, and I think that's what Washington is going to focus on here as minicamp starts and the offseason goes on. And worth noting, if you're a Washington fan listening to this, Jonathan Allen signed his extension in late July last year. So that's sort of the timetable everyone's been putting on this. So once it gets to that and we haven't signed Terry McLaurin, I might start fretting a little bit. But right now, uh, I'm confident that that we will, even this front office, will will manage to get that done. Yeah, it, it's just not a great signal when they don't show up to the mandatories. I mean, even Devo Samuel showed up to his mandatories. Lamar yeah. Jackson showed up to his mandatory. So, you know, it, it's not always a great way, but... Uh, uh, sorry, not a great way. It's not always a great sign that things are moving well. I know Ron Rivera even said today he feels good about it moving forward. Um, you know, he's also pretty keen on not quite understanding the First Amendment, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> um, I I, th- I think Terry winds back up in Washington. I can't see him playing anywhere else. I haven't heard anybody else, you know, trying to tamper or, you know, get in his ear about, hey, man, just, just wait it out. We want you real bad. Um, so I... I would actually like to see Washington add one of these, you know, Will Fuller, Julio Jones type of receivers just to give them that that arsenal that they need because it, it seems okay. It just doesn't seem vast, and it needs to be a little bit more vast than it is. So I, I think they could still add a, a receiving weapon, e- even on top of Jahan Dotson, because what what can you expect from a rookie? You know, we know we know it's very possible, and it's pretty likely he's going to have an early impact. But what can you expect from him? Nothing. You can't go into the. You can't go in, you know, thinking you're going to have it. Yeah. And you and you've got Carson for a year. So what what it tells me is that you're pretty, not all in on this year, but you are pretty damn intentional on uh, intent on winning football games this year. I I'd say just go get that Will Fuller. You know, take the top off type of guy. If nothing else. He's he's probably a great player for Jahan Dotson to learn from, minus the PEDs and all that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely there as the horn sounds on quarter number one here on the right hash. Hey, we have a new segment coming your way uh, at halftime today. We'll have a quick interview with Zach Burhands, our voiceover man from the beginning of the show. He's a big Colorado Avalanche fan, and the Avs are in the Stanley Cup Finals. So we talked a little bit about uh, the series coming up. That'll uh, start on Wednesday, 8 o'clock on ABC. Um, ABC with the monopoly on uh, NHL and NBA Finals now. Um, but uh, in, in, a, in a little bit here on the show, Zach will be uh, – well, it, it, it was a pre-recorded interview. We'll be throwing it in at, as our halftime show. But looking to do more with our halftime segment here on The Right Hash. And we're, we'll be going to the Speedy Customs Hotline to talk hockey with Zach. Um after the second quarter, but we're going to start the second quarter by talking the NBA Finals and the Golden State Warriors forging ahead in the series, head back to the West Coast. Um, or they, they won back on, on the West Coast in uh, Game 5. Andrew Wiggins was the star there, uh, the 104-94 victory. Andrew Wiggins leads the way for the uh, – I didn't think I'd hear myself saying that. It still sounds kind of weird. Andrew Wiggins leads the way for the Warriors with, with 26 points. Clay Thompson with 21, Steph Curry with 16, and uh, off the bench they they also got some uh, some really good production. Uh, Gary Payton Jr. with 15, Jordan Poole with 14. So not just Steph and Clay uh, getting it done for the Warriors. 
Yeah, and Steph did not make a three last night, and they still won by double digits. It's it, it's really it, it's a testament to see her in this team to how they just find ways to to win games up and down the roster. You know, this has probably been th- Draymond's worst finals that he's ever played as well. Uh, he is not playing good basketball, especially in Boston. Uh, I I've never seen Draymond Green get rattled, and Boston has rattled Draymond Green. Not not the Celtics. But the Celtics crowd, um, they are in his head and they live there. And he's even mentioned it on his podcast a couple of times. Go check that out if you haven't watched um, or, or listened. Um, it, it's It's been a fun series. I, I'm, I'm obviously a Dubs fan, uh, big Clay Thompson fan. He, he's had a very uh, – not mediocre is probably the wrong word, but it's not been a good and it's not been a bad playoffs. He's done – Basically, what you would expect Clay to do. He's hit big threes. His defense is getting a little bit better. But Andrew Wiggins is the story. Former first overall pick. Um, got got caught up in the uh, the Kevin Love deal um, way back when, when LeBron was recruiting back to uh, Cleveland. And never able to find his footing in the NBA, really. Uh, just never... Never lived up, to, I don't think, to the potential that he showed in college uh, and in high school. But he's a great, a great case. And don't give up on these players. Just because they're not ready immediately as soon as they come out of college, come out of high school, doesn't mean that they can't develop and be what 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 they're supposed to be. Some guys just take a little bit more time. Sometimes it takes a guy to get into the right system. Sometimes it takes Wiggins being a third or fourth or fifth option and kind of forgotten about to, you know, have room to, to, to grow. And that's really what he's done. And he's been, he's had several games this playoff that they don't win without him. And they're probably not here without him. Speaking of guys who have kind of toiled around, um, how about Otto Porter Jr.? I'm really happy for him uh, just because I'm a Wizards fan. He, he played his college ball in D.C. at Georgetown, averaged double digits for of the six years he played in Washington. And I'm just, I'm stoked to see him play it in the finals um, because, you know, the Wizards never gave him an opportunity to succeed, really. Um, and he was in Chicago for uh, a couple of years, was in Orlando for three games, uh, but ended up with the Warriors this year. Uh, you know, hasn't been the most, you know, the most um, valuable contributor, 8.2 points, um, you know, but still just a guy that I'm happy to see in this position. Absolutely. And Otto Porter's a, a really good example of how they've built this roster more like it was when they were winning championships prior to KD, where they had Mo Cheeks or Sean Livingston or, you know, so, some of the older forgotten about veterans of the league on, on their bench as their depth. And that really pays off. And I, I think that's what the Lakers tried to build. They tried to build their roster similarly to where, Let's not wear on these guys in the regular season and just once we get to the postseason, we have a whole bunch of cold-blooded killers on our team ready to go uh, who have playoff experience. They weren't able to get through the regular season part of that, but the Warriors have gotten back to what worked before KD and before the Clay Thompson injuries, which if anyone out there needs evidence of how much Clay Thompson means, look at how they played the last two years and look at how they're playing now. It's really, I mean, him and I guess the emergence of Jordan Poole, those are really the only two big differences. Kevon Looney's playing good basketball as well, but overall, pretty much everything else is the same. Clay is, Clay is a massive, massive part of this team. 
it's not just Steph. Yeah, and looking at the stats from last night too, you guys have more massive parts of your team because Boston altogether only got 10 bench points. I mean, Gary Payton the second outscores Boston's bench by himself. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's, that's so important in the NBA because you see every NBA team use a rotation. I mean, start being a starter in the NBA doesn't mean you're playing all 48 minutes. You know, yeah. you, you've got to have quality depth, and the war, Warriors have that better than the Celtics, and that's why they're winning this series. I think. Yeah, I mean, and it's but both teams have have won in the other teams building one game as well. Um, there's not been a single game decided by single digits. Um, the first halves of pretty much every game have been either way lopsided or basically tied. Whoever is leading at half so far has given up a, a big run to their opponent in the third quarter to let them tie it, take the lead, or make it really close. And then one one of those teams ultimately pulls away with like seven minutes left. And it's been the outline of pretty much every game this series and almost every game from the Celtics Heat series as well. So maybe this is a Celtics thing. Uh, but that, they did get it back to that. They took the lead uh, right before or right after halftime, 56-55 last night. And it looked like, okay, maybe they're going to put up a fight. And I don't know. It, it, it was weird because the 10-point the lead just seemed to come out of nowhere. Like I looked back up and it was like they're up by eight and going to the free throw line. And I'm like, what happened? I looked up and Andrew Wiggins was dunking on Derek White and two minutes later they're up by ten. Uh, just, just a bizarre series so far, but it's been a really good series. Yeah, that that I know they fly charter, but man, back to Boston for Game Six, like cross country flight after cross country flight. Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I I see this I see this one going seven. It's I, the Celtics I seem like they have a last stand in them, and it, it would just seem appropriate for like the Warriors to have to go seven to get this last you know, to get this first title following their little, you know, their kind of I don't know, sabbatical as a, a contender. I don't know. I don't know what to, how to put it kind of, but yeah, that, that, they just had, had a little bit of a lull. It took a break. Black, this black hole that the last couple seasons was for them. Yeah. That, that they lost clay. That was their black hole. Um, and, and finally got, got him back and going. And it's just been almost just kind of the missing piece. You, you know, you know, when you have some really, really bomb food, but you're like, I just can't put my finger on why it's so much better than, you know, a variation of this food I've had before. <laughs> yeah. that, that's kind of how I feel about with the Warriors. Like, Clay is just, he makes that team so much better. But I, I can't distinguishably tell why because, you know, I mean, 20 points is nice, but it's not like Jordan Poole hasn't been pouring in 20 points a night. And now, you know, Andrew Wiggins, you have uh, Kevon Looney, who has had some big games. But there's just a different feel. With, with him on the court and being available. I can't it's put my like, finger on it. It's like Bo's seasoning, dude. It's like Bojangles seasoning. Like, it's he, he's secret yeah. ingredient almost. Or, or he's, like he's when, you eat a, seasoning. when you eat a chicken supreme, you know you're eating a chicken supreme. You're not eating a chicken finger, tender, strip, whatever you call it, from somewhere else. You are eating a chicken supreme. And it's better, but I don't know why. Yeah, and I don't know. To me, maybe it's the maybe it's the honey mustard for me. That, that, that's like, what, that's what ties it all together with with Bojangles for me. It's it's been a fun series, and you know, I I've been enjoying this even as a, even as a Dubs fan. The, the Celtics were the team I was hoping would make it from the Eastern Conference, um, and they've been a lot of fun to watch. It, it's it's fun finding out 
who's going to step up for them every night? You know, is Jason Tatum dropping 40? Is it going to be Jalen Brown? Is Grant Williams going to crank 17 three-point attempts again? You just never know with them. You know, you have uh, – uh, they call me Al Horford, uh, hitting six three-point shots in the first game of this series. And you say the same thing about the Warriors. I think that's what, what has made this series so fun is it's not been just – the same game over and over. Every game legitimately feels different from mm-hmm. all the other games that have been played, even though the recipe of how the games have gone, as I outlined earlier, has been roughly the same. Yeah, high-level NBA playoff games. Yeah. Not, you know, close NBA playoff games. We didn't get a lot of close games in the early stages of the playoffs. But, I mean, game four specifically, I was I was real captivated by that. Teams just trading baskets, the crowd really into it. You know, you talk about, you know, everyone's like, you know, overtime playoff hockey is the most intense, the most exciting. Yes, it's very intense and exciting, but nobody's scoring. Nobody's making like these amazing plays to put the puck in the net because if they were, the game wouldn't be happening anymore. In the NBA, in these fourth quarters where you've got guys just trading buckets and making spin moves and draining long threes and just defying gravity and logic to put the ball in the basket over and over and over again. On both sides. That, to me, like, that is the pinnacle of professional sports to me. And, you know, even as a Warriors fan, I'm kind of hoping this series goes to seven. But, A, because once this is over, all sports as we know it are over until August. Um, but, B, this is, it's just been a breath of fresh air type of series to me. It, so, some people will say it's not, fr- you know, fresh air at all because it's the Warriors again. But... I don't know. It just feels like a new part of the Warriors that they they were away long enough and bad long enough to me that this feels like a new team, even though it's not. It feels new. And it's been over a decade since the Celtics made the finals too. I think oh yeah, ten was the last time they were in it. Yeah, Paul Pierce, uh, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, the the original big three. The three amigos. Remember that Sports Center commercial? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and the, the casual Rajon Rondo on that team too. That was yeah. a nasty Celtics team. Yeah, those were some really good teams. Uh, Celtics, Celtics, Celtics to me have always been one of those like like uh, kind of like trademark NBA franchises. Like one of the first teams you think of when you you hear NBA, kind of like. You know, kind of like, um, kind of like the Toronto Maple Leafs when you think hockey or, or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's Celtics and Lakers. The, that's yeah. the NBA royalty to me. Yeah, yeah, agreed there. And well, Lakers watched the whole playoffs from home this year, which I think made it a lot more fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure LeBron's picking up tips. He said today he's not committing to uh, long term with the Lakers, so I'm sure all they're right, feeling well. great about all their decisions they've made to, you know bring in the retirement line of players that they brought in this offseason. Yeah, well, we'll see where he takes his talents to. Probably some sort of nursing home next. Car- um, Carmelo's, Carmelo's still waiting for his ring in the mail, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. As the horn sounds on quarter number two. <laughs> Drowned out by our laughter here on the right hash as we've reached halftime. And as stated before, we're going to kick it to our halftime show Throwing it to the Speedy Customs Hotline, we're going to talk some hockey. As before today's recording of the Right Hash, I was able to catch up with Zach Burhans on the Speedy Customs Hotline to talk about the Lightning versus Avalanche Stanley Cup Finals. Welcome to Halftime here on the Right Hash. Luke Ned Carney joining you for the Halftime Show. And we hit the Speedy Customs Hotline for our Halftime this show. And 
hopefully we'll make this a regular thing. But Alex and I are on the East Coast. We follow the Hurricanes and the Capitals. Uh, we wanted to talk some hockey since the NHL is coming back with the Stanley Cup Finals. Back on ABC after about two decades. That's exciting. But uh, we brought in the guy from our opening voiceover. You've heard him on this show uh, once before on uh, Talking NC State Baseball. Zach Burhans, who is also a big Colorado Avalanche fan, native of the area. And uh, Zach, first of all, just what's it feel like having one of your teams playing for such an important title? It. It's been over two decades since the Colorado Avalanche have been in the Stanley Cup. I'm ecstatic. I'm happy. I'm ready to go. You know, the last time any Colorado team succeeded, it was the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl 50 where they took down the Carolina Panthers, which I'm sure a lot of Carolina fans weren't too happy, but I was thrilled. I'm looking to keep it going today. And so, I mean, who are some of the guys we should be watching for the for the the, the Avalanche? I know um, my, Gabriel yeah, Landeskog my, is one of them, correct? Yeah, my number one guy, which a lot of people expect me to say, Nathan McKinnon. No, it's Kale McCarr. He he's averaged one point five seven points a game. He had five points in the game for a clincher against the Oilers. He was a finalist for the Norris Trophy. He leads Colorado in ice time. He runs the power play beautifully. And he's dangerous on that offensive rush. But he is kind of in that top penalty killing unit. But he's he's definitely my number one guy to look out for. Watch him making plays on offense, on defense. He, he just knows how to run the ice properly in these clinch clutch moments. Are there any memories of like the Joe Sackick, Patrick Waugh years, um, kind of among Avalanche fans? I know that they, they haven't been back in this territory for a long time, but they were one of the teams that it's were really, been, really good when I was growing up. Yeah, it's been a while. And you kind of got, I hinted at him earlier, Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, I call him the Mac and Maker. But even though his name's McCarr, the Mac and Maker, Nathan McKinnon has been beautiful all season, not just the playoffs, all season long. He had a playoff hat trick. It was capped off. It was, it's been spectacular throughout postseason play. He's had uh, solid postseason numbers. Him and McCarr, just, it brings back that dream team. And if you hear that in the background, Zach's actually at a very inappropriate place to be talking about hockey because he's at the beach. Uh, Emerald Isle, correct? I am, yeah. I'm at Emerald Isle, and I'll tell you why. When the Broncos won the Super Bowl, I was on vacation. So I'm here again, hoping it does its magic for the Avs. And, and just, you know, you, you and I have the same job. We work in the same place. You have been watching a lot of the games in at work. What, what Talk about what that's like a little bit, because being able to focus on a game that you care about while working a different game is a unique perspective. And it's something I do with uh, the Washington football team a lot on Sundays during basketball season. Right. Yeah. It's stressful because I'll be doing NC state baseball, which is stressful enough to begin with. It's all right. Is it, is it Tommy tanks? Is it not? Is it some, is it JT Jarrett? Who knows? But then I'm out here on a power play and then we're going to overtime. I'm like, wait, don't go to break yet. Let's see what happens here. But I'm not really doing that. I'm just hoping and praying it doesn't happen so I don't miss what happens. 
and uh, it's it's been stressful, but it's been fine. You know, the abs have been going. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, looking for nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and <laughs> it's just it's been stressful, but it's been fun. It's been fun. I wish state made postseason, but that's a talk for another day. Oh yeah, that, that's that's a. Uh, the ongoing drudge match, which I won't talk about, but I know you know what that means. Yeah, no doubt. But before we let you go, um, let's just shout out our friend uh, Jesse Goldberg Strassler, who is making his Major League Baseball broadcasting debut uh, for the Oakland A's radio team. Voice of the Lansing Lugnuts. We love JGS. But before before I go, there's one player that's not Nathan McKinnon, not Caleb McCarr, that I want to talk about. It's Arturi Lekkinen. He, if you might know the name. He made the overtime goal against the Oilers to send the Avs to the finals, right? To the yeah. Stanley Cup. He he's been under the radar. He was on the trade di- on the trade deadline. He was the acquisition from the Canadians, the Montreal Canadiens. His his penalty killing has been a clutch score. He has a three-game winning goals, including the overtime goal, I might add. He's a guy to look out for. Yeah. He, he he's he's he, he's that three-headed monster, you know. There's Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon that everyone knows. Look out for Arturi Lekkinen. He's been magnificent. I've loved him. I haven't bought the jersey yet, but if he hits another game-winning goal, I might have to. All right, Zach. Well, before really before we let you go, last thing, you can't come on here and not make a prediction. So what's your prediction for the Stanley Cup final? I think it's the abs and six. All right, there you have it. Abs and six from our voiceover guy, Zach Burhams. Uh, well, you'll hear Zach more, of course, as the right hash goes on into the sports world. But Zach, thanks a lot for joining us. Enjoy the series. Um, and we Thank will you, you so go. much for having me. Uh, always, always glad to be on. All right, enjoy uh, the rest of the beach as we toss it back to regularly scheduled. The right hash third quarter action coming up. All right, we are back here on the right hash. For quarter number three, big thank you to Zach Burhans for joining us from his beach vacation. Uh, as I said in the interview, uh, not a great, not not the greatest place to talk hockey. I think if if you're at the beach, sort of counterintuitive there. Uh, I don't think I mean, there's Tampa's going. That I, that is true. That is true. So maybe I'm completely off base here, and they're looking for a three peat. Uh, so God, I just I, I I don't know. I don't really have much of a comment based on, but beyond what what I what I talked about in the interview, but. It is kind of cool how it's lightning versus avalanche, like two forces of nature going after each other. I would I would have rather a different East Coast yeah. of nature be there, but I yeah, uh, okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. And the company that I'm with used to sponsor uh, somewhat the the avalanche, so I have a little bit of a tie to them. Um, and I just I love watching Nathan McKinnon play. I that guy is for for my money. The most electric hockey player. He, he is my favorite to watch. I have never seen a guy so consistently be able to go coast to coast through a pack of four defenders and score goals at will like he does. He, yeah. he, he's, like, he's like that big shot hunter in basketball <laughs> where he just he's got the microwave badge or just, he needs to see one go in and then it's all bets are off. That guy has gone to a different plane of existence. It's like Derek Henry. Dude. It's like watching Derek Henry run through a defense. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it, it's similarly unstoppable at some time at some points. Yeah, it's like I, it's, it's like if your offensive line has control of the trenches and you've got a running back that can just you know find the holes, like it's like that. You're in control of the game. Just, I mean, just that Edmonton series alone, especially there at the end of of their last game. You know, that they needed a goal to not have the series go on, and he he starts with it in his circle next to his goalie, and he goes diagonally all the way down the ice with like what fifty seconds left, and and puts the game winner in, just like it's nothing, and he's done it a hundred times. So fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. I'm looking forward to the series that starts. Uh... Wednesday, so probably we'll probably be listening to this show on Wednesday. So tune to ABC eight o'clock. I like the eight o'clock puck drop, not nine o'clock. That that yeah. that's favorable for me. Um, but I'm, I'm I really love the job ESPN has done this year with with the NHL. I'm stoked that it's back. I love the theme music. I love the personalities, um, and I think I think ESPN's just done a really really great job with with uh, the production this year. And glad to see the NHL back there as we are here in the third quarter on the right hash. This will, this will be a shorter quarter because we are going in the grinder for the fourth quarter, and we've got an exciting one planned. We're going to talk about uh, closer and batter walk-up songs uh, if for a uh, for baseball players, if we were baseball players. Um, we are going to rank our top five that we would use and then also mention our favorites that have actually been used by real baseball players. But first, here for our third quarter, we'll touch on a, a disappointing end, uh, I think everyone would agree for the baseballs. Um, yeah. But I, I liked, I liked what you tweeted the other day. That was like, you know, you. I think you speak for a lot of reasonable fans when you say we're not going to let just this weekend discount what happened for the last four months on the diamond. Yeah, I mean, it. B- baseball season has almost always been just a way to take your mind off things. Sure, you you want to be the last team standing. That's why you play the game, but. You don't need 162 games to tell who's the best one in Major League. They, they play it because it's a pastime. It's a hobby. It's something to just go sit at the park with your family, with your dad, with your friends, grab a beer, grab some peanuts, and just chill out in, in nature. You know, it's not like a football game where everything is so amped up and screaming at the top of your lungs all the time. It, it, it can be a very relaxing thing to do. And the Tennessee baseballs just made that relaxing time the most fun I've ever had the most fun I've had in a sports season since Philip Fulmer was on campus uh at Tennessee and that's not saying a whole lot but Rick Barnes has had some fun teams so it is saying something um and you know Notre Dame was the better team for two other three games there's nothing else I can say you know that they were just better at the right time I I don't think that they would have been number one if they played Tennessee schedule, but they played better against us head-to-head at the right time, and that's all you can say about it. You can question Tony Vitello leaving Chase Burns in there in the seventh, giving up the home run and uh, giving up two home runs, actually. But, um, you know, the the reliever came in and gave up three runs himself eventually. So, you know, that, that hindsight shit it kind of pisses me off sometimes. I just enjoyed it, man. It was just a lot of fun. Led the league, led the nation in ERA and home runs in the same season. You just know you're going to have a lot of fun watching baseball when that happens. Yeah, and to set the College World Series field, uh, no teams that I root for are in it. Um, Oklahoma plays Texas A&M, and Notre Dame plays Texas on Friday. And then on Saturday, it's Ole Miss versus Auburn. And... um, Got Arkansas 
against Stanford. There you go. I got it right without even having to look it up. So those, those are your College World Series first-round matchups. But, but what is it with – I mean, our teams, both of our teams have just had, had rotten endings. I mean, NC State not even picked for the tournament this year when they should have been. Go back to last year, the whole thing with the COVID fiasco in Omaha. And then this year, um, you know, well, the, our, my, my co-host's team, you know, falls out when they should have, so when they shouldn't have. So, uh, so college baseball just kind of been a curse to, to the teams we root for in the postseason here. But I, I will say, like, it is one of the toughest sports to win a championship because once you get deep in the tournament, everyone is just really, 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 really good. Even third-seeded UConn, who pushed Stanford the three games uh, in, in a super regional. So college baseball, one of those sports that's just like, you really do enjoy the ride. I mean, the ride is almost as fun as winning the championship. And as a fan of a team that has won a championship in, in Virginia, I, I will say there is nothing quite like it. But the, the, you look back just as fondly on the ride as you do the final game. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It would have been amazing to take this, you know, uh, as they've just been deemed by the internet now, the classless Vols, uh, to, to see them win a national title. I think would have been satisfying for many reasons. Um, the, the the thing that really sucks is there's four SEC teams in Omaha and we're not one of them. Um, add on to the fact that two of the other teams in Omaha are going to be in the SEC in two years. Yeah, I was going to say there's six, six teams. <laughs> six out of the eight teams in Omaha are either current or future SEC members. Um, and, and really the best of the bunch isn't there, which is – you know, impressive to say from Notre Dame's part, but uh, it's 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 been a really fun season. And what we're not even talking about, you know, teams who are surely going to be good uh, going forward, like Florida, uh, uh, probably Georgia. Uh, you know that they got they're losing some veterans, but uh, overall the program's got a lot of talent. Um, and then uh, of course LSU, uh, they're under first year head coach. There still have a lot of talent. We'll see uh, see what Dylan Cruz does. Um, he's the, the the reigning co SEC player of the year. So that there's a lot there's a lot on the horizon, and I think Tennessee fans lose sight of the fact that this is really the second year of success in this baseball program since Todd Helton was on on you know what was on Rocky Top. Um, yeah, yeah, they're the number one team almost wire to wire, but. What one number one seed has won the national title since 1995? Yeah, it they're not that they're not the first number one overall seed to 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 choke it away. You know, it it happens. Now this is got to be one of the most talented number one teams to never make Omaha. But what what you said about the tournament earlier stands, and this is the hardest tournament because it's not like you start with a one versus sixteen. Whoever you're playing is really good in, in your in your regional. And then should you win that, you have to beat a two-seed and a three-seed there, most likely. Then you have to go play the winner of a regional in your super regional. And then you have to beat them in order to go play seven other super regional winners, like teams that have won several series against high-level competition. You're playing really, really good teams at every step of the way in this tournament. There is no easy pass to the Elite Eight like there sometimes is in basketball. Yeah, and I mean, I, I remember 2010, uh, my last year uh, living in Charlottesville before I went to college, Virginia, which who had gone to Omaha the last year, uh, they 
played Oklahoma in the Super Regional, won the first game. Oklahoma won the second game. And then in game three, Oklahoma, who just had better pitching, uh, won 11 to nothing. Virginia had no pitching left. And Virginia was the number one national seed that year, I think. And it was just so jarring to see the number one national seed go down so meekly like that. So, you know, I- I've been following this sport for two decades and it- the difficulty is real. Um, but but a side note, Friday's matchups in Omaha, if you put them on the gridiron, that would be a pretty awesome CFP. Oklahoma versus A&M and Notre Dame versus Texas. I mean, that, that would that would be a great college football semifinals. Yeah, like w- which team between Texas and Notre Dame blows it? I know, right? They're just going to trade missed point afters for the rest of the game? Like, I, I don't know how that game winds up. Both of them would probably be. Is, D- is Dicker the kicker still eligible? Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure he's in the NFL now. Yeah, I guess, I guess not. I guess he's he's gone. He is gone. I, I don't gone. know. Texas could probably still pay more though, so <laughs> yeah. maybe they could get him to come back on part time work. So yeah, so College World <laughs> Series gets underway on Friday. Uh, good season for the Vols, not good enough. But for all teams but one, it's going to be not good enough. Uh, as I I look forward to seeing who will will dogpile on the pitcher's mound. Uh, Carl Schwab Field or Charles Schwab Field uh, in Omaha uh, for the College World Series. The horn sounds on quarter number three, and we are able to get to our, our coveted grinder segment for quarter number four. And I kept coming back for more. We've got a treat for you for this one. Uh, because this is one we, we have a lot of passion about and one that we think is a, a com- very common, um, very common discussed, commonly discussed uh, question around sports. And this is one we've talked about off air, talked about in person, talked about over text. And we're going to put it on the right hash now. And it's closer songs entering from the bullpen. We each have a top five that we would use and we each have a lot of favorites. And I'm just going to get out of the way now that the best one is still Enter Sandman for Mariano Rivera, simply yeah. because he never blew a save. I mean, that's the best way to, to do it. Just yeah. never mess up. And, and if a Virginia fan tells you that Enter Sandman's the best entrance music for somebody, just but believe them because and, and, and an Orioles fan too. Don't don't think I for a yeah. second I feel I feel good about the Yankees either. There, there you go. But everyone can get a, get along with Mariano. I, I think he's just one of those few Yankees that you almost just couldn't hate. The guy never did anything bad and greatest closer of all time. Yeah. I mean, there's there. So there's the, the best one. Um, another favorite one from a closer that I watched growing up is uh, Trevor Hoffman with hell's bells. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Um, uh, got me ringing hell's bells. Yeah. I got those two on my list as well. <laughs> um, you have to. But- yeah, but 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 we could name name ones that 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 exist in real life over and over and over. But what we came into the grinder to do and to discuss is what we would use. So Alex, I'll let you go first. What is we'll go five five to one if you have them ranked. I'll go. Uh, but what is what is your first one? Okay, so I'm I'm starting at the bottom, like you said, at yeah, five. Started from the bottom. Now we're here, which would not well, be. No, not at all. You don't you don't want to start at the bottom. Disclosure. That's not good. Um Long Cool Woman by the Hollies. Uh right off the Remember the Titans soundtrack, just the beginning of that, I could totally see taking a jog from the bullpen out to out to the mound alongside the 
dun 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 anything that was already entrance music for something else, especially like WWE entrance music. Those are important criteria, both the uniqueness and the, 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 the music, the, like the riff, the intro, like it has to be a good, like it has to be a good one. It has to have good music as opposed to just good lyrics or, you know, lyrics that are like, I'm, you know, I'm going to come in and we will rock you. (laughs) You don't get to play the whole song. It's a snippet of the song and it's got to be a badass snippet of whatever song it is. Bingo. Bingo. Uh, I will start at the bottom of my list as well. And this is one that I think will be more popular with the millennials. Um, All the small things by Blink-182. I think the the coming into the hook would be cool with the the na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na, which I I like a lot. Um, Kind of a sentimental one. But also, it, it, it rocks kind of hard. I think it would get me pumped up to throw some gas and strike some guys out. You, you know, that that actually a perfect transition into my next one. Uh, but I, I, I love the I, – I just love that feel, you know, that that early 2000s, late 90s punk rock. Um, yeah. Just I know. Such, just, that, music, that music just puts you in a good mood, doesn't it? Just such nostalgia, such sentiment with it as well. Uh, just the good times of middle, high school, trying to figure out whatever life is. You know, there's a lot of good times to go along with listening to those songs. Um, so to go along with yours, my number four spot is Fat Lip by Sum 41. Um, it would just be a, 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 one of those other things. I don't have a meaning. Like, there's not a meaning to the song as to why I'm picking it. It would just be fun to have that door open and jog across the field in front of, you know, Sunday night baseball fans everywhere, you know, middle of a heated rivalry match you're in the bottom of the ninth you got a one run lead guys on first you're coming in to save the day what is going to either get you pumped up or strike fear into your opponent and these first two are ones that will get me pumped up and my second is also one that will get me pumped up along those exact lines murder incorporated by bruce springsteen Uh, this is on his greatest hits album uh this one goes this is one of those songs this like melt your face off. I'm going to come in and throw a hundred miles an hour and strike dudes out uh, and fuck shit up. Uh, I'm a huge Springsteen fan. I've seen him in concert four times, four or five times. God, I can't remember four times. I'm going to say four times for sure. Maybe it's five, but his shows get better every time I see them. I've never seen him do this one live murder incorporated. Uh, but the the hook is also very. It's kind of just him screaming the word murder, and, and I really like it. Uh, I think it would get me. Uh, it would get me pumped up. Um, and it would also be. It would also be an artist that makes my family proud too, because I come from a long line uh, of Bruce Springsteen fans. Uh, so that that would be my second one. Such a juxtaposition of like song title to artist. It's just. Yeah. It, it just never think of Bruce Springsteen as you know, having the scream or something called Murder <laughs> Incorporated. Like that sounds like it's off of Metallica or like the, the Gorillas album or something like that. Not a not a Springsteen album. Yeah, if, if you've never heard that song, if you're a Springsteen fan and don't know that song, go, go check it out and you'll understand why I want to run out of the, uh, the, the bullpen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up on my third one, and I'm going to put a disclaimer here because th- this, is, this is not recency bias. This has been one of my songs that I've had on this theoretical list in my head 
for years, way before the new movie came out, Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. <laughs> yes. I mean, just, I, I mean, <laughs> listen to that song, and if your hair doesn't stand up on your arms, go directly to the morgue, because you're dead. <laughs> See, that here's what that song makes me think of. It's the part in Harold and Kumar, the second one, where, where, where Rob Corddry's character is just jamming out to that song, and then Harold and Kumar jump out and escape, and then land at President Bush's house to smoke weed with him. I mean that <laughs> That's that, the song that he's playing, he's listening to while they escape. It is an epic song. <laughs> in, in every, it, there is no application to which it is wrong. Yeah, and... and it, Hearing that song might make it make it seem like we're about to smoke weed with the president, which would be really cool too. President Bush, I would yeah, love to okay. smoke weed with George. That's what Bush. I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to. I would maybe have, have him paint have him paint a portrait of me. I know he's into painting now. Have him just just get really baked with the president, and he can paint my picture. That'd be awesome. George Bush also has a really good just smoking name. Yeah, I mean, also big big baseball fan too. I mean, used to have yeah. the Texas Rangers, um, so. Yeah, so I wonder what his. We could ask him what his walk-up song would be. I I, I do like that one, though. "Highway to the Danger Zone." Uh, uh, I, <laughs> Footloose, Footloose, another Kenny Loggins song, did not make my list. Yeah. It, it was it was it was close. It was Ken- close. It was <laughs> Kenny Loggins highly underrated for bands. Yeah, I agree. It was my uh, Footloose was my ringtone in tenth grade. You know when you could buy ringtones for ninety nine cents. Did you kick off your Sunday shoes? Every every day, all the time. <laughs> working so hard, I'm punching my card. My number three uh, is a little bit of a flex. Uh, Ring of Fire, Johnny Cash. Uh, mm. I I um I've I've known this song was a banger for very very long because we used to go vacation at Shenandoah National Park, and at one of the lodges up there, they'd always have a musician entertaining every night. And every it didn't matter who it was, it was always a revolving door of musicians, but they'd always do Ring of Fire, and everyone would go crazy. All the old people would go crazy. And so I've known since I was like five or six years old that this is a song that that gets people going. And it's just it's it's one of those that I'd come out to the intro. Like do 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 and it, it would put you in a false sense of security. Because it's it's a more like it's a quieter, slower, more laid back song, but I'm gonna strike out the side. So it would be like maybe try to catch the batters off guard a little bit. And and it would get the uh you know, kind of the the more popular age range of major league attendees are going to be, you know, somewhat older folks, not that young people don't go, but baseball's always been a little bit more traditionally older. And I think Johnny Cash would get those folks rocking and rolling too. here. In the it, it would be a good sing along. It'd be a good sing along. Cause it's a good it, crowd. song. Yeah, it, it's a crowd pleaser. And I, I could warm up, throw my fastball to hearing fans behind the plate singing things like I went down, down, down and the flames went higher. And that would get me pumped, man. That would get me pumped. Yeah, man. Good, good pick. Good pick. These have been solid lists. I haven't had an issue with anything really. (laughs) Now here we go to throw a wrench into that. Um, My number two may be controversial. It has a lot of personal meaning to me. I'm more associated with hockey, but it absolutely would be a baller closer entrance song. Burn it to the ground by Nickelback. <laughs> this was this was the song myself and the namesake of our studio, Nasser Kucheki, used to listen to before going to every Carolina Hurricanes game we went to. Um, as we as we pulled off of forty, coming down past the the Home Depot on our right, getting ready to go park on Trinity. 
We we cut it on. It would take us up to the stadium. It's what the Hurricanes came out to um, in kind of the 2012-2013 uh, range. That was like their come on to the ice song. And it's just been, you know, that, that very beginning little guitar. I, I don't know what you call it, but where they, they go all the way down the neck and just kind of make the audible sound. There's no noise, but it just goes all yeah. the way down. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Just from the beginning Rever- of reverber- that song. Reverberation. So, so, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. It just always gets me fired up and like ready for sports. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Uh, and I, and you and I could be in the same bullpen, and we could just have an all fire and burn based closer playlist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you with the you coming in with the hard, you know, the heavy hockey, heavy metal, and then me. Strolling out there to Johnny Cash, like like an old man. <laughs> that, that that would be great. That's what bullpens are, are just like wonky, off the wall, incompatible people that are also <laughs> compatible because of it. <laughs> exactly. I've actually somebody a long time ago, I think on Twitter, floated the idea of a TV show called The Bullpen, where you literally are just literally just you don't see anything that's happening in the game. You just see what's happening in the bullpen. The whole that, game, every episode. Subscribed immediately. Yeah, I would watch that. I would totally watch that. Um, my so next one on my list is by another band with has sentimental value to me because that's where my parent my parents used to go see this band uh, on dates and stuff. Um, and I also I listened to this band a lot as a kid. Sticks, Blue Collar Man, uh, in no small part due to the opening guitar riff. Um, that that'd be that'd be all I need to to come out sprint out to the mound, John Rocker style. Um, take my warm ups <laughs> and, and get the save. Um. You're you're familiar. You're familiar. You're a Sticks fan too. So I, oh yes, I know you're familiar with with what I'm talking about. Um, this is this is a, 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 a band with a lot of face melters, but this might be the, the most appropriate one for this situation. You you and uh, Josh I'm Hader. <laughs> Josh Hader came out to Renegade by Sticks. So you oh, and Josh see, yeah, Hader Renegade is good. Renegade is the Steelers pump up song too yeah. that they play like for third downs and big situations. Another um, great sports song. Come sail away would be a good one for home runs. I mean, the ball just sails out of the yard. I mean, that, that would be a good one. Uh, but but no, the the opening the opening riff. I could just only listen to the opening riff. I don't even have to listen to them sing this one. I would just want that opening guitar and intro and yeah, man, blue collar man by Sticks, number two on great. the list. Great song. So coming up to my top one, maybe some maybe a song that a lot of people don't know. Um, it's it's cold blood by Dave, not Dave, um, and you know it's it's kind of a a little bit of a softer song to start, but it's got like this almost just pure focus to it. And there's I'm not gonna sing it for you, but the the part that would play is he goes, "I'm a pain dealer, I'm a faith healer, I'm a soul stealer, and I'm coming for you. I'm a dream breaker, I'm a truth maker." I'm a cold-blooded killer, and I'm coming for you. And, like, it gives me chills thinking about wh- – I wouldn't jog to this. This would be a – I'm staring directly at the home plate umpire and walking straight to him. Not jogging, not running, walking. A good paced walk, but very focused, very intentional, ready to come and take no prisoners. Yeah, and I think that at the end of the day, that's what you want in a closer. Like, if I was a baseball manager – my closer would be the guy I'd want to like light his hair on fire. Like, you know, yeah. like remember the, remember the football player, Owen Schmidt, who like smashed <laughs> his helmet against his face and made himself bleed. 
Like, yeah. that's the kind of guy I'd want as my closer. John Henderson asking people to slap him before <laughs> he comes out? Yeah. <laughs> they just don't make him like that anymore. But that, that man, it, go listen to it. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Listen to that part. And get back to us. Tell me if I'm completely out of my mind. But that would be a killer closer intro. Say, say, the, name number one. say the name of it again. The song is called Cold Blood. The band or artist is Dave, not Dave. There you go, right, Hash Faithful. Look, look that one up. Um, Such a good song. Yeah. Such a good song, world. by the way. My number one, and you mentioned uniqueness at the top of this list, and I don't know if you can get, get much more whimsical and different than this. Um, my, If we put a gun to my head, there is currently not a gun to my head, but I'm going to pretend there is, and told me to tell you my closer out of the bullpen song I would choose I Am the Walrus by the Beatles. <laughs> Uniqueness, check. And, you know, no, it wouldn't, it probably wouldn't scare anybody, but it sure as hell would make them go like, who the hell is this motherfucker? And that's what I want. I want you out of your head and I want you off your game when you're facing me in the batter's box. And I Am the Walrus would do that to you. I, I feel like that song would work for me as well, but just in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. But yeah, not, uh, not a... Not a lot of Beatles songs that you would consider putting as closer songs, but that it's an interesting take on one. Um, you know, it, it's like those cooking shows where they repurpose something that it's not meant for, and then you're like, shit, that actually kind of works. I Am The Walrus kind of fits that bulb to me. It's it would literally unco- just be, Unconventional, but it works. Would just, exactly. It would just be like, people would be like, Luke Nat Carney, oh, that's the closer that uses I Am The Walrus as his song. Like, yeah. that's... Like, that's Kind of like how John Smoltz got a niche as using Dancing Queen because someone just played it as he as he ran out because he didn't have a song, which was a, a great choice, by the way. Um, but similar kind of thing, and it, and it, and it works because you had this bearded man out there throwing fastballs, warming up to Dancing Queen. Like, well, how about how about this this weird left handed pitcher with a goofy windup throwing to I am the Walrus? It's, it, it fits. That's because all he did was throw from A to B and B to A. <laughs> oh, Mama Mia, here we go again. <laughs> In the grinder. Pun, puns are not normally part of the grinder. Though, I, so. I, I have I have two I want to throw from my best of the major league. Yeah, closer absolutely. Um, first one, uh, so I mentioned Josh Hader, Renegade. Um, Craig Kimbrell with Sweet Child of Mine. Uh, just mm-hmm. killer song to walk out to. And... <clears throat> Pro- probably the most appropriate walk-up song to ever have been created. Shipping up to Boston for Jonathan Papelbon. Very good. Yes, very good one. Um, yeah, like that song is long since like overstayed its welcome in the mainstream. But like at the time, 2007, it was really awesome when he was just coming onto the scene. Like, yeah. And, yeah, Dropkick Murphys were freaking huge yeah. at that point too. God, they were great. Um, and... Now, I want to flip this a little bit and mention that if I was a batter, I would have a much more, like, laid-back song to, like, stroll up to the to the plate with. Like, okay. like, a, like, maybe something by currency. Like, I don't have, we don't have, I don't have a list for this, but this was also something that we were going to talk about in the grind. If you were a batter, like, would, would you have a similar song to what you come out of the bullpen no. to? Because, right, me either. I would have a much more laid-back, like, get me in the zone, like, to swing the bat song. Kind of like, 
you know, something like uh, this wouldn't be the song, but something like Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg or something like something by Currency or Wiz Khalifa or something, something rap, basically. Yeah, you need something shorter and a little bit more like going to the gym type of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I actually do have mine. I, I have a very specific one. I know what my batter walk up song would be. Uh, Dirt Off Your Shoulder by Jay-Z. That, <laughs> so good. <laughs> every time. Uh, that, that They might have to play the fucking John Wall video off of YouTube if they don't want to pay for title. <laughs> Other than that, we'll figure that out later. Dirt Off Your Shoulder by Jay-Z is what I'm walking up to. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I think um, I think I would pick um, – shoot, I literally just had it. You, um, you had told me kind of a couple during the last were, couple, couple of weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> I will say the the best one I heard a uh, a an MLB player have is was Ryan Howard at Citizens Bank Park used to walk into Ooh. This Is Why I'm Hot, but like the way <laughs> the way that the way the song sounded, it sounded like he was saying This is Ryan Howard, like This Is Why I'm Hot. It sounded like Mims was saying This Is Ryan Howard, <laughs> like so maybe I was the only one who heard that way, but it was like This Is Ryan Howard, This Is Ryan Howard. How much of the right hash had you had when you heard that? <laughs> None. I was like fourteen. <laughs> Valid question. And I know, and I know, I know we don't like the Phillies, but I did. I did like Ryan Howard because he was a first baseman, a left-handed first baseman. Uh, so uh, he was he was one of the players I hated the least on that. Those I, I hated that entire Phillies team: Jimmy yeah, Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Chase, Howard. God, Chase, don't even get me started on fucking Chase Cole Hamels. Oh, Sh- uh, Shane Rollins or uh, 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 Shane Victorino. Fly in Hawaiian. And if, when you have much, as much family as I do in Philadelphia, you you got to put up with a lot, that shit a lot, man. I, I, I remember 2008, they won the title. And then my uncle, who lives in Philly, for the whole rest of the season, the whole next season, he called them the world champion Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> he said, Oh, I'm going to see the world champion Philadelphia Phillies tonight. And I just and there's nothing you can do about it. No, nope. like you can't. You can't take that away from them, and that's uh, the worst part. At, I mean, at, at work we have like uh, we have our own like messaging system, and you can put kind of like a descriptor next to your name. Mine still says World Series champions. Well, yeah, the Braves can do that for at least yeah. until October, and that's awesome. And you can like you literally can thumb your nose at everybody. For that, yeah, <laughs> that that's the one thing the fans get to do is just brag about it for the whole year you're the ones we're really the ones who have to suffer when they lose because they get paid either way but we're the ones who have to like own up to it at work or you know at school wherever you're going with the family and it's just nice to turn on the braves game in the middle of their 12 game win streak by the way and just see that gold outline on the atlanta braves jerseys i think i've got my uh, i've got my my batter walk-up song would be capital by currency good one uh, off of off good of, one the, off of the album the stone immaculate the uh, the hook like, and my reputation precedes me. They already know I keep it capital. So that was another another favorite of our the namesake of our studios as well. Uh, yeah. So that, I think I think if if you ask me this in a couple of days, the answer might change. But on this episode of the Right Hash, that is my answer. It, it is it is set in stone right now. <laughs> set in it, stone. It is recorded and on the internet. It is set in stone. My uh <laughs> my my second would have been a currency one, and it's one that we've actually. Either used or still currently using. Uh, you're more the editor, but Jeez uh, uh, Walk In is yeah, one of my dude. That's just one of the most chill songs ever. Yeah, if, if you're not familiar with this song, listeners, that is the song that plays at the beginning during our yeah. voiceover with Zach Burhans. 
there you go. I'm tied it all together. Yeah, so uh, great song. That's probably the reason I didn't put it here is because it's just already kind of part of our program, and it's not my first choice. It's my second choice, though. Yeah, but but it but it is awesome. It is awesome. Um, better better for a uh, better for a batter to have that one than a pitcher because it has the word walk in it. Uh, and for that yeah. matter, Walk by Pantera, which is a really awesome song to enter to. I would never enter that song as a closer because it's called Walk, and I'm a pitcher. I can't do that. Although pretty much every Pantera track should get you ready. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I remember uh, the Cardinals used to – the Arizona Cardinals used to come out of the locker room to, to walk. Um, <clears throat> they did at least against Washington when I was there uh, in 2016. That, that was really awesome to see a, a football team, a whole football team come out to that song. I, I've heard it at I've heard it at baseball stadiums where the home yeah. home team will play it whenever their players get walked. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole another one. There's a bunch <laughs> of songs you can play. I like like Duwa Diddy is a, is another one I've heard at a, at games uh, when when somebody gets walked. But stadium MCs, stadium DJs, they are essential parts of the sports experience. Yeah. Uh, so I'm 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 glad we got to have this uh, this grinder discussion, um, and I, we hope you noticed our or Robert Cray, the grinder, at the beginning of the fourth quarter to drop in there. Um, I think your uncle sent yep. that to you as a suggestion. So Shout out to the uncle who was digging through the annals of some old CDs, and it came on, and he's like, hey, this would be a good song for your guys' segment. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're glad, glad to have some more production value uh, on the right hash here on, uh, on this show. So that's uh, that's that's exciting. And like we said, summer sports are a little bit, little bit lighter. Um, so... Once football season starts, we'll get back to the really like metered and scheduled shows, you know, one a week, two a week. But as the summer goes along, just keep your eyes peeled. And of course, as we said at the beginning, as talked about some soccer, and if you've got other things that you want us to talk about, uh, send us a message on Twitter, follow us at the right hash, send us an email, the right hash at gmail.com. We are, of course, a show of the people and open to suggestions as well. want to once again, thank Rob Jordan for uh, for bringing up some soccer. Glad to talk about that. We'll definitely have more more soccer uh, on future shows. And th- this is the best time of the year to get your suggestions in because there's not a lot of competition for uh, for for quarters for segments. Um, so what, what we love having extra to talk about. I also wouldn't be opposed to doing like two grinders in one show if we just wanted to go to full send with it and just kind of embrace the lack of sports. Uh, two, two grinders is a possibility. So, you know, keep the suggestions coming. Uh, appreciate everyone keeping uh, up with us and supporting us through as we come up on a year, really. Uh, we're, we're not too far off um, from the, the one-year anniversary of the first episode on The Right Hash. Yeah, and send us, send us what you would have uh, as your walk-up song or your closer song. I, we, yeah. we know there are some baseball fans, former baseball players, Connor Lilly, former college baseball player, uh, one of our most loyal listeners. What what would your song be? I know you had one. Um, and if you're watching the College World Series this weekend, uh, let us know if you hear any awesome ones uh, because I think they let the players have their, their walk-up music there. I know they didn't at the Supers and the Regionals, but I think in Omaha they do. So Don't uh, tell me anything about nice. Omaha. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, or, or Major Leagues. If you're watching a Major League game, let us know if you hear any awesome walk, walk-up songs. One, one, another one I want to mention uh, is Charlie Blackman for the uh, – for the the Rockies, he um, he comes into uh, your love by the outfield, and it's they play the hook, and it's I don't want to lose your love, and then they cut it off, and then the crowd yells tonight, and dude, as soon as he digs in, you hear the, the voices 
of the crowd. And it's, I like that, the call and response walk-up song. Crowd involvement takes it to another level. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I wish I'd remembered that one earlier. Uh, but but yeah, Charlie Culverson, uh, Your Love by, by the Outfield. And I think he's an outfielder, so or not Charlie, but Charlie Blackman. Uh, I got my Charlies mixed up. Uh, go on Charlie the Chocolate Factory after that. But, uh, but, but yeah, so once again, if you have a grinder question for us, if you have a sport you'd like us to talk about, a league, an event, we are all ears here over the summer on the right hash. Um, so, Alex, uh, how are you beating the heat this uh, this week? I know it's going to be really hot. So, uh, well, I think 100 degrees, uh, going to stay inside and just listen to listen to the right hash, listen to us back. I don't know if it's as hot in eastern North Carolina as in western North Carolina this week. but Yeah, if you're having a problem with the heat, uh, just go grab a Celtic shirt and wear it outside. You should be fine. <laughs> no doubt. And keep yourself inside and – Listen to listen back to some previous episodes if you need to catch up, and we'll have more for you coming up uh, in the next several weeks here on the right hash ahead of football season. But once football season gets going, it'll be season number two for the right hash, and for that we're, we're really excited about. So it, insert the Bart Scott audio. Can't wait, <laughs> and it'll be here before we know it, man. It, it really <laughs> will. Uh, it'll, it's just a month and a half it seems until preseason. So God. Oh, man. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Well, Alex, thanks a lot for joining me today here on this this Tuesday evening. Uh, thanks too, again sir. to Zach, Zach Burhands as well, taking a few minutes out of his beach vacation to talk some hockey. And um, let us know what you thought of the halftime, the, ha- the new halftime segment as well. We uh, like to do a little bit more with that that segment as well. We've got our four quarters. And, well, I think, I think we are just about at the end here on the right hash. So, Alex, any, any parting words for our audience before we uh, we move on? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Yes. Freeze. Everybody clap your hands. There you go. There we go. Perfect. Thank you, you, Zach, for being our our guinea pig for the first (laughs) pre-recorded insert here. Um, And, of course, as always, thank you for being the lovely voiceover guy for The Right Hash. And once again, thank you all the listeners Uh, That's the biggest thank you we can say for for tuning in. And we will once again talk to you next time from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. Have a good one. Love is a burning thing. And it makes a fiery ring. Bound by wild desire.